Why is it we humans get romanced by complexity when the answers can be found at a simple and practical level? This is the Simply Practically Human podcast, where the human manager, Mark Labasque, features experts who have a track record in humanizing workplaces, using simplicity and practicality as their go-to approach. It's all about getting back to what it is to be human and watch workplaces thrive rather than just survive. Hey, it's Mark Labusk here for the Simply Practically Human podcast. And today, uh, it was an interesting one for me. I was joined by um, leadership consultant and high-performing elite sporting former coach, Paul Ruse, so premiership coach of the Sydney Swans and uh, and also coached at Melbourne to help them to get back from where they were, uh, which was uh, down pretty low for a while. So it was an interesting one because I am a Sydney Swans supporter and, you know, I got to meet uh, Ruse about 12 months ago and um, we had some good conversations and it was more just about leadership values and then most importantly, as Paul will talk about today, is you know, the values only become valuable when we start to assign and align some behaviours to them and we start to be honest about giving ourselves a score on how we've behaved. This whole idea that values sitting on the wall of an office are really no value at all until we start to take some accountability. And particularly in these times at the moment where we're working remotely, so things have changed. Paul provides some really, really simple and practical tips and tools on how you can bring your values to life, but through behaviours, not just the words. So how you can do that. He talks a bit about what you can, focusing on what you can control, not what you can't control at the moment. And if you're thinking about setting up some ways to keep in touch and keep your connection going in these times, he shares some simple things he's provided to his clients at the moment, even that he's doing with his family, that will be really helpful for you. His take on simplicity versus complexity is an absolute must listen to. Paul shares some really good backstories about how he learnt as a young fella being invited down to the Fitzroy Football Club and learning from some of his mentors then who are still very good friends and how they not just behaved at training, but how they behaved off the field. And, uh, you know, there's certainly something in that that we talk a lot about. It's not what we can see you do when you're at work, it's what you're doing when nobody's watching. And, and Paul will talk about that as well. I had a really, really, uh, had a ball speaking to, to Ruzi. It's an interesting thing for me, you know, hold him in such high regard to have watched what he'd been able to achieve as a coach because he was prepared to look back through the eyes of the players and not see himself as something above them. And I think you're going to pick up a whole lot of great tools and tips from this podcast that will help you, not just as a manager, but in your family and in your community. Today, I'm joined by leadership expert and amazing human being, Paul Roos. Paul, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, mate. It's great to catch up again and finally do what we sort of set out to do maybe three or four months ago and have a really good conversation about life and leadership. Yeah, it's interesting, mate, that, uh, you know, we've all been, and I guess everyone's feeling this right now in this uh, COVID sort of semi-lockdown times, but... Maybe it's, it's helped us just to slow down a bit and then go, okay, there's a few things I've got to I've got to get done. And one of them was, you know, we've been trying for three or four months to get this podcast happening, but we're here now and um, using our time as productively as we can. What, what have you been up to, mate, in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think it's a really good point, mate. I think what can you control? And I guess we're, we're, we're all feeling out of control at the moment, but pull yourself back into your space, whatever, whatever you're doing. And I think what 
I've decided to do and what we've decided to do are performance by design and and the nurture group retreats and, and Tammy and I with uh, the meditation is well, what can we control during this period? What are some of the things that perhaps we haven't got around to and we've been too busy to do it? And that's really been our focus point in the last two or three weeks. And I think what you're finding now, mate, is people are now starting to get into a bit of routine and a bit of a rhythm. So my first advice is in this really uncertain times, what are the things you can control and you know you can get done and focus on them first and try and shut out as much noise as you possibly can? Yeah, cool. Hey, before we get too far into the into the simple and practical, mate, let's wind you back a bit because you, you have built up a leadership CV like not many others that I know over 35 or so years. So perhaps before we jump into the into that stuff, share a little bit about the backstory of, of Paul Ruse, if you wouldn't mind, for the listeners, mate. Yeah, yeah, look, I was lucky enough, and I say this and, and listeners will understand why in, in a couple of minutes, I was lucky enough to get um, invited down to Fitzroy Football Club and I went down there and played in the under-19s as a yeah, 15, 16-year-old and then eventually I made my way onto the senior list in about 1980, 1981. And it was only when I really started to look back on my career, maybe four or five years in, I realised how lucky I really was because the behaviour of the leaders was just exemplary. And I think through that period, what I realised is it doesn't really matter what you have on the wall and, you know, whether it's corporate speak or, or what your leadership group you know, says, it's what they actually do. It's what their habits are day in, day out. And and I, I was really, really lucky to get exposed to Gary Wilson and Bernie Quinlan and Laurie Serafini and Mickey Conlon and Ross Thornton and Leon Harris and guys like that because their actions were just exemplary, both on the field and off the field, the way they train, the way they carry themselves, when they weren't at the footy club, which is a really big test of for all of us at the moment when you're not at work. And then I was, you know, I was lucky enough to work. So I was in that sort of part-time era. My first job was at AMP. Then I worked in sales for many, many years. So it really wasn't until I went to Sydney in 1995 that I was became a full-time footballer. So I had a great experience in the workforce and playing footy. And then obviously that led to my finishing my career at the Sydney Swans and then taking up the coaching position of the, the Sydney Swans Footy Club. So hopefully that gives a little bit of background of what I learned and then how that shaped my beliefs and my career for the next sort of 30 years. Yeah, thanks, mate. Look, I think there's um, there's some really strong messages in there around just the ability to learn from others. And it sounds fortunate you were learning from some really great footballers, but also who were really great human beings and had high standards, high integrity, high values. Just think back to that group of people that you talked about. Is there one thing in particular that stood out for you about them that you took on into your own career as a footballer and then into your into your coaching career? Was there, would there be one thing in particular that you can sort of anchor back to? Oh, yeah, I think it's away from the club because I think the things that I noticed when I was playing and even coaching is most people, when they're around coaches, leaders, et cetera, et cetera, they're pretty much trained pretty hard. There's not a great variance between the best trainer and the worst trainer you know, when you've got this set training sessions, whether they be football sessions, weight sessions, you know, running sessions, yeah, there might be a 10% variance between your best trainer and your worst trainer. It's away from the field that I, I really picked up so many things. And, and when I say that, it's on a Saturday night out having a drink with the Fitzroy boys. It's going on a footy trip with the Fitzroy boys. It's they're the times when I watched them and I thought, 
geez, every other team on this football trip at this time of the year would be getting up and starting drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Our guys actually hire cars, drive around to the North Shore of Hawaii, have a swim, go for a run, and then we all meet together at sort of 5, 5.30 at night, and then we start the conversation together. Then we all sort of enjoy ourselves, and then some people go to bed, some people go out, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it was in those moments, mate, that I really learned that it's about what your personal values are, and you touched on it before, just about being a good human being. Yeah. And I realised how lucky I was to be with a good bunch of human beings they weren't false. They weren't putting on false bravado when we were at training sessions. That's just the way they lived their lives, the majority of those guys. And, and that was probably the defining moment for me moving into my coaching career. Yeah, so just with that too, so if we move into that next phase for you, and I know I was lucky enough in Fiji for you to share your, uh, I think it was 25 things you wrote down at one stage. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so lucky enough for you to share that uh, with a group of about 150 of us at the time. And, you know, that movement from, so here's the thing, this big movement, it's almost like moving from being one of the guys, one of the footballers, or if you think of the workplace, one of the team, now you've become the manager, if you like, or the coach. What was it for you that, you sort of thought, this is a step I want to take. And and perhaps if you could share, why were those 25 things so important for you to capture and write down? Yeah, so for the listeners there, look, I retired at the end of October 1998. Now, I never really knew what I was going to do. I didn't know whether I was going to coach or what my career was going to lead to. Tammy and I were heading overseas and we we're going to live in America for 10 months. But what I didn't ever want to forget, what it was like to be a player. Or from a CEO's point of view, what it's like to be a salesperson or, you know, whatever that might be in a business sense. So for me, it was because I found that the coaches, the longer they'd been out of playing, the less empathy they had with the players and the, yeah. the less in common. So I never wanted to lose that connection with the players. So at the end of my career, October 1998, through the eyes of a player, and I want to really stress that, this is not through the eyes of a coach. This is through the eyes of a player. What did I like about my leaders? And what didn't I like about my leaders? And there's no question, and I went on to start my senior coaching midway through 2002, but that document was the most important document I wrote, and I had it in my desk for eight and a half years coaching Sydney, and it was the first document I took out to coach Melbourne because it kept the connection with the players. And that was written through the eyes of a player, Paul Ruse, the player, what I liked about my coaches, what I didn't like about my coaches. And it, it was just so valuable. And I, I'd really encourage people to do that listening. And look, even if you're in a leadership position now, try and take yourself back to the first day you worked through that company or when you're a young salesperson or a young accountant or, a, you know, in a young legal firm or whatever it might be, and look at it through the eyes of the people you're now managing. What do they want from you? All right? And it was just so, so valuable to be able to do that. And it really helped me accountable as a coach for those 12 years. Here's a question without notice, mate. I hope you don't mind. You've got 25 of them. Is there any one particular of those 25 that as you look through the eyes of the players looking towards the, the leaders, is there anyone in particular that, that resonates the strongest with you today? Yeah, I think the, the one that I wrote down and it went along the lines of if you've got nothing positive to say after a game, don't say anything until Monday. Now, if I put that in in normal terms, what I've found, and you're talking about the actual heat of the battle, so the very, very highest pressure moment of the week for obviously a football coach is when the team wins or loses. So if you lose, you come into the rooms, you've got about two minutes after the game, you know, depending on where you are to get from the coaching box to the players, where the players are in the in the rooms. And if you start speaking, 
it's the worst time and you just start and you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And I've seen so many relationships just absolutely torched in those moments after game. And I think if I relate that to businesses, under pressure, it's very hard to maintain clarity around exactly what happened in that really important sales meeting, I don't know, at an auction, you missed an auction, legal, something, whatever it is. So all of a sudden, the first thing that pops into your head, and then once you start talking, we've all done it, it's so hard to stop talking, and you can't take those words back. And if I extrapolate that notion out further, it really is under pressure, and I say this all the time, if you don't have to make decisions under pressure, don't make them under pressure. Yeah. And there are times when you do, but if you don't have to, go and have a coffee, walk out of the meeting, take a deep breath, go for a walk in the park, go home, make the decision the next day. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I learned through that process as a leader. If you don't have to make decisions under pressure, don't make them under pressure. Love it, mate. Thanks for sharing that. And I think, you know, particularly in these times we're in now where, you know, there's significant pressure on organisations, there's significant pressure on families, communities and even countries that it's interesting to see how sometimes decisions get made quickly and then, you know, within a week they might have to reverse that. But I wonder if there's a level of regret at, at that first action that they took. And when we get under pressure, we we can fight, we can flight, we can freeze. And I think it makes a lot of sense with what you've just shared that in these times, people need to be thinking and maybe just step away from it for a moment and then go and have a think, have a coffee, like you said, go for a walk and then come back and and be a bit clearer of mind and clearer of decision-making is a, is a key thing. I know, I know one of the things that I've heard you speak about a lot is values are only valuable when they're not just on a bit of paper on a wall somewhere. And if I think about the times are in at the moment with remote working and, you know, building trust and things like that. What sort of advice or what sort of tips would you give to, and I'm just saying managers here, I'm just saying to human beings is how can you make sure that you're still living the values that you've created as a group when you're not spending a lot of time together? What would be some things that you could share from your experience? Yeah, I think I talk about values, but I also talk a lot about behaviours because values, as, as you and I discussed before, you know, you might have a different idea of what integrity is to what I do, but if we can really break that integrity down to a behaviour that's an action, then it becomes so much easier to challenge or reward. And then regardless of the times, whether you're working remotely or whether you're working together, then you just have to put some really simple systems in place to reward and challenge those behaviors. So what I would say in these times is if you do have values and behaviors, you know, simple little WhatsApp groups and give yourself a, a mark out of 10 at the end of the week and be really honest. You know, whatever that value or behavior is, if I'm a leader of a group at the moment and breaking them down into smaller groups, I'm shooting through Friday night. Look, guys, I value myself a six in integrity this week five on communication. I thought I was really good at being passionate as a nine. So really simple, the more techniques you can have and the more you're rewarding and challenging your own system, the more it becomes a habit and the more you're forming habits, then it just happens day in, day out. But you have to put systems in place and particularly never been more important now because we are remote, but we, we are connected through phones, we're connected through Zoom, we're connected through WhatsApp. So have some cadence in your week it might be just a nice zoom meeting eight o'clock monday morning all right guys what did you do on the weekend 
you know, and it's more around relationship building. And how did you think you went on the weekend on your own personal brand? You can work on your personal brand as well. What yeah. is your own personal brand? What do you stand for as an individual? Is a great time now too, mate, as a family. Sit around as a family. What do we want to stand for as a family? Have the conversations. What's our family values? How do we want to act? How do we want to behave? I see this time as an opportunity if we take it as an opportunity. Now, clearly there's going to be a lot of people affected out there. So let's put that on the table now from an economic point of view, et cetera, et cetera. So let's make sure we we have enormous empathy for them and, and reach out to those people as much as we possibly can and help those people as much as we can. But also, can we take this time to really establish what our behaviours are, what our values are, from a company point of view, from a family point of view, from an individual point of view, and really take the opportunity to do that in this period of time? Yeah, it's interesting, mate. You know, the um, what comes to mind for me there is there's been a lot of talk in this, I'm going to call it this novelty, there's a bit of a novelty, and also notwithstanding what you said, the hardship that's going on at the moment, and we must show empathy to people. I say show empathy, not to not sympathy, it's empathy and trying to step into their shoes and, and look through their eyes. But at the same time, there's this sort of novelty at the moment about we can do a whole lot of different things and the world's going to be different when we come back from this. Now, a lot of that is going to be established by the conversations we're having now, the values that we live by. But as you said before, Paul, agreeing on certain behaviours so we don't get too romanced here at the moment, mate, in, you know, we've got this bit of time. And we spoke about this before the podcast about, you know, people are going to want to connect face-to-face again as well. That's going to be important. How can human beings in this period of time not get too caught up in the, I guess, the novelty of it and also be a bit realistic about what the future might hold? Have you got any thoughts about that? Yeah, look, it's a fascinating question, mate. There's no question. I mean, I have a slightly different theory to some people around this remote working. And I know, let, let's put it on the table, as we know, we have to do it now. And I think it's an opportunity to change the way we work. But what we do know about high-performing teams, it's about connection. It's about vulnerability. It's about feeling part of it, feeling valued. So the more distant you are, and that's my biggest fear is, and if I'm a leader now in a workplace, I'm making sure that I'm on the phone, I'm connecting, I'm ringing up, I'm seeing how you're going because at some point this will change. Now, there'll be some offices that will remain remote, but I I got this feeling also that people will, through this period, will go, I actually enjoyed being in the workplace. I enjoyed going to lunch with my colleagues. I enjoyed talking about the football around the water cooler or around the photocopy machine or whatever it might be. So what we've got to be careful is during this period is making these dramatic changes to our own businesses where we suddenly throw everything online, we take away all this personal contact, which we have to at the moment, so we acknowledge that. But I think the mistakes may be made that if everyone thinks we're going to continue to be remote and we're going to continue to be distant and you give away your power of connection and face-to-face, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to change. People want to be connected. I mean, that's the whole tribal nature of the way we exist and and as you know mate there's so much stuff around the vulnerability piece the connection piece etc etc so that's not going to change in the next month so absolutely if you need to do things to keep your business up and running and to keep the money going we understand that 100 but i think also my advice is just keep an eye on the fact that it will turn at some point and people will be looking to reconnect 
get back into their tribes, get back into their workplace, get back into feeling part of a huge team and a heart, huge workplace. So we are somewhat uncharted. And we, we don't really know where it's going to end and when it's going to end, but I think we've got to be careful we don't pivot too quickly and too firmly that we can't swing back to the way things were also. Yeah, I like that. And I think perhaps we won't go all the way back to the way things were, but I think we'll go some way back there. Um, Connection, vulnerability, feeling valued. The other word I'd like to throw in there is, you said it before, it's another way of saying it, being tribal, but, you know, we crave for a strong sense of belonging to something. Now, whether it's your workplace that you're in, whether it's your family, I can say for myself from the, the Nurture 360 experience last year, like four days with a group of people, the way we created a tribe and a sense of belonging there, we aren't going to step away from that. We're just going to have to adapt at the moment because we can't physically do that. But you're right, we are going to want to go back and and, and stand around the water cooler talking about things that happened on the weekend. I always hear, you know, particularly when you hear sporting places and coaches and they talk about, you know, we just got to keep it. If we do the simple things well, we'll, we'll go all right. Now, the interesting thing is what I've found in with humans and in the workplace is human beings seem to get romanced by trying to come up with the next best thing and the most complex way to solve a problem rather than stepping back into the simple things to, you know, practice the simple things well and do them often and you'll be successful. In your, in your time, whether it be in sport or in, in corporate working with your clients, what have you noticed about human beings and why do we seem to be romanced into wanting to come up with the next best thing or the next complex idea? Look, it's 100% right. It's probably one of the things that drives me most crazy about um, footy clubs but also corporates. I mean, like most people, you know, when I was playing footy, I was working as well, but I remember we did a lot of sessions with a lot of different consultants, et cetera, et cetera, and typically, you know, everyone had a great day and, and we enjoyed it. But then once we went back to playing footy, everyone forgot about it. And until... I found a really simple system to implement. And I remember it was about last year, I went to a big corporate company and they had their HR people talking to their um, their whole staff around how they're going to grade each other and how they're going to teach each other how to lead and et cetera, et cetera. And I honestly was that confused by how complicated it was. And I leant over to a young lady who was sitting next to me. I said, do you understand this? And she said, no, I don't. And I think, I don't know why we get seduced by the complicated. Maybe we think people have put so much work into it or the more complicated, the more it has to work. But my view on this is pretty simple. The simpler it is, the more likely you are to be able to follow it. The more complicated, the harder. So whatever your system is that drives your performance, if it's working, just do it. But don't look for something overly complicated. Because it's not, I guarantee it's not going to work. I guarantee it. So keep it really simple. And that's our philosophy of performance by design. And, and you mentioned the Nurture Group Retreat, Nurture 360. It was a really simple model. Get people together, talk to them about leadership, talk to them about wellness, not overly complicated, get them at a beautiful place, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing, performance by design. Let's come up with a really simple, if you haven't got a purpose, let's create a purpose. Let's create some values. And then under that, let's create a behaviour. And then let's just create a really simple framework around how we're going to reward and how we're going to challenge. The simpler, 
the easier to follow and the more likely you are to create really good habits through that. And I'm sure um, people listening to this will resonate strongly with that conversation you had with that young lady who, you know, do you understand this? And her response being no. But here's the other thing there is if the values and the behaviours in the business aren't about, you know, allowing you to challenge, people will just sit there and nod their heads. And then it becomes complicated for them because they're wondering what the bloody hell's going on, but they don't feel like they can find their voice to speak up. So that's why the simple is making it easy to follow is really the way that businesses should be operating. Hey, mate, just to finish off, if people want to connect with you, if they would like to understand a bit more about performance by design and the work you're doing or even nurture, what's the best way to get in touch with you, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Look, our um, website, www.performancebydesign.co. And then obviously the, the business wellness retreats, Nurture 360 and Nurture Her get through. But the best way, I find LinkedIn is a really good way to connect with people. So I'm on LinkedIn. If people want to send me a message, I'm generally pretty good about getting back to them um, and helping out. And I think just to finish off, mate, I, I applaud what you're doing. We've, we've got a really strong relationship now. We only met each other a fair while ago. But what, I, what I'm noticing now, I'm really pleased that there's a lot more collaboration. I'm really pleased that through this tough time that more people people are reaching out. So please, if you've got a problem and you want to collaborate, I think the, the people that collaborate over the next you know, month or two months or however long it lasts and get together and help each other and build this really strong community are going to come out of it really, really well. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to help where I can and I know you are as well. So let's all reach out, let's all help each other and let's get as many people through this as we possibly can as best they can be at the end of it. Yeah, I think you make a great point just to finish up that we have a couple of choices here. We can get into the sort of the law of abundance where we just help out. And, you know, sometimes people say to me, why would you get Paul Ruse on here when he's a competitor of yours? But I don't look at it like that. I say we've all got things that we do. We can all help each other out. We should be sharing. And if I'm seeing one thing at the moment, made in corporates, is they've sort of dropped the competitive streak and they're trying to help each other out, which I hope we keep some of that as we, we go through. Mate, I've enjoyed getting to meet you. I do know for a fact that when as I reached out to you on LinkedIn maybe 12 months ago, you responded really quickly. We started to build the relationship. I'm, I'm grateful for it, Paul, and um, thanks for uh, coming onto the podcast, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Always a pleasure. I could speak to, uh, could be speaking to Ruzi all day. His messages are super simple. He's not going to overcomplicate things. And what I really love about him, he's straight to the point. And uh, I think that's why he's been such a success not just in football, but in business, and now running his business performance by design with a few other fellas doing some great work. This whole idea that the simpler it is, the easier it is to follow, really, really important that that's covered and that you think about that. You know, take yourself back to the first day when you're at work. If you're a senior manager now or a manager, what about taking yourself back to look through the eyes of the people that have to make a choice of whether they're gonna follow you or not? And you know, he learnt that, as he said, from the 25 things he wrote down on a piece of paper. Really important. Values are just behaviours and actions. We can't just have a bit of paper with some values on it. We must make sure that we act and behave in the appropriate way. The whole idea that, you know, we are going to want to be connected again. We want to be connected human to human. So don't get too Google-eyed at the moment about the fact that it's all going to be remote from here on in and that's where it's going to go because humans are craving connection. They crave a strong sense of belonging. Hey, if you liked this episode, why not rate it five stars? And if you loved it, share it with your friends. I had a ball speaking to Paul. I hope you got plenty out of it. Until the next time, keep it simple, keep it practical and keep it human. 
Bye for now.